What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Uh, Two-minute drill, recapping week seven. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by James Grande. He's back. Thanks to Matt Sells for filling in last week. Grande, new home. How you doing? New home, doing great. Uh, I suggest to anybody looking to buy a new home, don't. Because it is a pain in the butt. Oh, actually, just just refer, refurnish your whole house. Don't Don't consider storage units a thing. Just pretend like they don't exist because getting everything in a U-Haul and making, you know, traveling with it, just not the move. So if you're going to buy a new house, just buy all new stuff. That's all I got to say. So I live uh, I live like a stone's throw from Atlanta Braves Stadium, and it's a really nice complex and everything. Um, there's shops, restaurants and everything. And like you saying like you have to load it into the U-Haul, move everything. That just kind of resonates with me because uh Game six of the NLCS was Saturday night, and I look out my balcony, and there's like three U-Hauls across the street <laughs> trying to move into a building as people are loading in for the one of the biggest games in the history of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm just thinking, like, you dummies couldn't have picked a worse time to move in. I couldn't believe it. But here we go. Two-minute drill, week seven, winners and losers is how we start off every week. Um, I'll start off with a winner for me now. I didn't cash this week, but this player in particular was huge for my cash games. Uh, a winner is Mike Evans. Caught three touchdowns, or he scored three touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he kind of kept me into it. I had some other players that just fell short, but Mike Evans was the only reason, like, my cash game. I had him at, like, less than 7% owned in all my cash game contests. I mean, the narrative was there. I was actually surprised at his ownership because uh, there was no Antonio Brown. There was still no Gronk. I mean, who is Tom Brady going to throw to? He only throws to guys that he trusts. It was one of his issues in his final season or two with the Patriots because they, you know, he couldn't get anything going from the Kiel Harry, and they wouldn't, like, really bring in guys that he could trust. So Mike Evans is my Week 7 winner. Yeah, I'm with you there. I also played Evans in my Yahoo contest. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you get a guy who scores two touchdowns, Pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go with a combo here, Dan. And I'm going the Burrow-Chase connection is my winner because I feel like this has happening every week. I feel like one of one of us has mentioned Joe Burrow or J- Jamar, mostly Jamar Chase every single week. Um, I mean, Chase awesome. went over. Yeah, he's awesome. He went up for 200 yards. He is definitely good at football. <laughs> There's no, no doubt about that. And, like, I saw a stat. He's, like, 200 yards clear of where – Justin Jefferson was last year at this point and Justin Jefferson went he had 1400 yards so not only is Chase ahead of schedule he now has one extra game on Justin Jefferson like how many yards past Justin Jefferson's rookie record is Jamar Chase like he's gonna shatter especially with the extra game with the extra game he is going to shatter um Jefferson's mark last year and then Joe Burrow career high in yards over 400 yesterday, three touchdowns. Other than that horrible uh, t- interception in the in the end zone um, yesterday, Joe Burrow was pretty much fantastic in a 41-17 win against the Ravens in Baltimore. Um, so the Burrow Chase connection is my winner. I, I couldn't pick one, so I just went with both. Uh, my fantasy football loser, other than me for not taking Cooper Cup in my <laughs> cash lineups, uh, it's 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 two players. It's Daryl Henderson. And it's also Chuba Hubbard. Uh, we were talking before the podcast, and you actually you made me feel better about myself. Um, you know, a lot of people were on Daryl Henderson. He he kind of was the the chalk value running back of the week, and I can't really say value because he was over six k. But 
the matchup was there. The read was there. It's just the game script once they got started wasn't there. I had a feeling like, you know, once once the Lions were, were doing onside kicks early in the game <laughs> and they were recovering them, I'm like, well, this isn't really going to go my way today if if the Lions are actually contending in this game. And then you also mentioned that in, <clears throat> as you were hugging me and consoling me that, you know, the read on Hubbard was still fine, too, because the Giants were porous against the run. Uh, Hubbard still didn't really come through. You know, they didn't kill me. Like It's just. Right. You know, they couldn't even hit 2x value. So for me, uh, my running backs and my cash lineup, Chuba Hubbard, Daryl Henderson, those are my losers. Again, it's not it's not a they're not bad plays when they don't hit, especially when you do the research and and you know, when you see people 50% on in cash games that you're using, I mean, it's for a reason, right? It's because they're a good play. They just didn't have a good day. Hubbard had the volume. Hubbard had like 16 touches. He yeah. just didn't do. He just didn't do much with it. Um, look, I, I I have a hard time going. I'm going chalk here. It's going with who everyone drafted as QB one. Everyone drafted <laughs> as you know the first overall pick in the Scott Fishbowl. If you participated in the Scott Fishbowl, it was his tight end or it was him. And him being Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he looked lost. He's not hitting open receivers. He's trying to make hero plays. Um, and the Chiefs just need him to get back to being Patrick Mahomes, getting the ball out of his hand fast, hitting Travis Kelsey, hitting Tyreek Hill. Um, it, there's no reason Patrick Mahomes should be doing the things he's doing right now. Um, he's too good. The Chiefs' offense is too good to not do anything against the Titans' defense. So for me, this was easy. Patrick Mahomes by a mile. You know, in the uh... – podcast fantasy sports industry we call this a segue because grande just mentions patrick mahomes and our first topic is do the chiefs suck i feel like we mention this every time they either lose or they just don't look like the kansas city chiefs that we've come to know and love over the past three years but i just feel like it needs to be asked uh, the titans defense is atrocious apparently the chiefs offensive line is even worse <laughs> mahomes was constantly under pressure he finished with 206 passing yards and interception two fumbles one was lost the chiefs are now three and four um I think that they can they they'll still probably make the playoffs as a wild card team. I think getting getting the number 1 overall seed is well out of the question just based on right. who they've lost to. Right. Um they're going to incur a couple more losses the rest of the season. <clears throat> have they played the Chargers yet? Uh yes, they lost. They did. All right, so they still have another games against the Chargers and, and you know, divisional games are always tough. Um you know, the, the Raiders surprisingly have looked great without John Gruden. Right. Um I mean, they're a playoff team, but holy crap. What Do you think this team sucks? The defense is terrible. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? It's like the defense sucks. I still think the offense is elite. Um, you know, they're missing Edwards Alaire, and, and not to say Daryl Williams has been bad, but, like, you know, Edwards Alaire had just come on. He had a couple hundred-yard rushing games in a row right before the injury. So um, I think the offense is going to get back on track. But, again – it's not going to matter if they can't if they can't play defense. Uh, let's see. I just want to look at their schedule because uh, so they play the Giants next week. Uh, joy, I'm so happy that's going to happen. <laughs> it's in prime uh, time. <laughs> so happy. How did they schedule that game for prime time? That's so fun. I'm so excited to see Daniel Jones in prime time. <laughs> um, but then they play. Then listen to the stretch of games. So like this is going to be the answer for Dan. We're going to come back to this in a few weeks, and the answer is going to be. In, in writing. After the Giants, Green Bay home, 
in Las Vegas, Dallas, Denver, Las Vegas, uh, the Chargers. Like, there is no easy game after the Giants for them. There are some losses in there. So to answer your question, I'm not going to say they suck. I don't think they're – obviously, they're not the team that's been in the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. We're going to know how good they are and how bad they really are in this next seven-game stretch because, I mean, I don't know. Do they they even come out of the game? The thing is that, like – Long term, when you you have to look at like the kind of contract that they gave Mahomes right. and the kind of money they've already they've also allocated to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and I think Kelsey is only a free agent for one more year after this one. Don't quote me on that. I apologize for not looking that up. But at the same time, you know <clears throat> they invested good money in Joe Tooney. That's great. Like you're trying to protect your quarterback, and they traded for who was it? Um, Orlando Brown from with the Ravens. So they're doing what they can to like beef up the offensive line. And but he was running for he he was scrambling constantly this past week. And long term, with so much money allocated to one position, how do they possibly have any plan to really make sure that they can put a good defense on the other side of the ball to keep the offense off the field or, you know, actually bring the offense back on the field with quick three and outs and everything. But it's just, you know, like when you have you have the best player in the world, we thought. Um, but you know, when you give this kind of money to him, uh, it, it, it long-term, like you do just kind of handcuff yourself with what you can do at every other position. I agree. Um, I do have the Travis Kelsey contract in front of me and he actually has the potential out at the end of the 22 season, but he's on under contract. Um, if he opts in at, until 2025, so they have Kelsey locked up for a while. I don't think he's making it to 2025. Because I mean, he's already like 31 yeah, years old. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's old. He's actually 32. Uh, he's 30. He As of 20 days ago, he is 32 years old. But, I mean, he's, he stays healthy. He does. And he's outlandishly productive year after year. So right. as long as he's healthy and he keeps producing, like they'll retain him. Um, but let's transition to another uh, quarterback that's uh, a pretty polarizing figure in the fantasy community. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. I've seen your tweets regarding Hurts. They're pretty accurate. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He's not a great NFL quarterback. Most people would agree with that sentiment. Um, courtesy of John Daigle, at, non, at, at not J Daigle on Twitter, I, this came all across my feed earlier today. I thought it was great. Here are Jalen Hurts' fantasy points by quarter. First quarter, 33.8 points. Second quarter, 26.3 points. Third quarter, 38.6 points. And in the fourth quarter, he's channeling his inner Tim Tebow, and he's posted (laughs) 75.9 points. He is pretty rough to watch. um, But at the same time, it's a new coaching staff. You know, obviously, this is is Hertz's year to prove that he can play in the NFL. But this coaching staff and this new regime in Philadelphia – there are no personal or emotional ties to them. Is it right. possible that like we see Hurts one and done as Philly starter? Because Philadelphia has three first-round picks coming up, and a lot of those could be in the top twelve. Well, actually, all three of them could be in the top twelve. If yeah. think out, right? I mean, do they possibly? It's looking like they look for the next franchise quarterback. Or do you think that? Do you think that the coaching staff doesn't believe in Hurts as their guy? I mean, like on one hand, Dan, like you and I are fantasy analysts, right? And we take a look at. There's one quarterback in the NFL that has 
finished a QB1 every week this year. Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback in the NFL to have finished a QB1 every week of the season. Only one. Which is which is crazy to think about. But it's it's a great stat that you pulled up from um, John Daigle because the reason he has is because these strong finishes. <clears throat> I, I agree with you completely. I don't think this Eagles brass has any ties to Jalen Hurts um, after this year. Listen, they went out and acquired Gardner Minshew, who, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. If Hurts keeps losing, we could see Gardner Minshew sometime this year. I haven't and even then, thought about that. That's a good then, point. And then, like you said, they are they spend the capital on a quarterback next year. So I think there's a lot of things in the air about Jalen Hurts. I think there's things that obviously we like as fantasy analysts. I mean, he runs like a maniac. He always provides his fantasy points. I have him in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm doing well in the Scott Fishbowl. Jalen Hurts is a large part of that reason. Um, there is a large reason as to why. It's just they stink. And maybe, maybe this is one of those years where it's like, okay, we're not expecting to to win this division. Like our the Dallas is running away with the division. The Giants stink. Washington stinks. Like we're all rebuilding. Um, and maybe Jalen Hurts can figure it out, but he misses a lot of throws, a lot of throws. Mm. And as many as as many people say, oh, Jalen Hurts doesn't have all these weapons. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. And I don't know about you. They they spent a lot of draft capital in the last couple of years at the skill positions. This year, first round pick Devonta Smith. Last year, first round pick Jalen Rager. Uh, Quez Watkins, I believe, was what a third round pick, uh, sixth round pick. Either way, yep. sixth round pick. Either way, another receiver that they drafted. Um, they drafted Gainwell. They drafted Miles Sanders. A few like they have acquired a ton of offensive skill players in the last few years. So to say Jalen Hurts doesn't have the weapons, I think is just being lazy. Um, these weapons are just not producing because Jalen Hurts is struggling to get them the football. All right, let's focus on some players that are actually performing like offensive weapons. <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase versus Kyle Pitts. Chase has 754 receiving yards through his first seven career games. Now keep in mind, wide receiver is a deep position. Kyle Pitts has 471 receiving yards through his first six career games, but most of those have come in the last two games. Uh, and he plays a position with not as much depth. Which rookie, whether it's rest of season, dynasty, you can specify, which rookie would you rather have at the moment? Chase. It's easily Chase. Yeah, I agree. I don't know yeah, why I, I posed the question. I mean, look, this is it's not a slight at Kyle Pitts because he does amazing things. Like, we all know that he's not a tight end. Like, let's just put that out there like he plays tight end 25 percent of the time no he lines he he's been lining out like wide yeah he's actually playing receiver like he's yeah. just full on like <laughs> there's no more like all right he's a he's a tight end who plays a slot like he's just out wide like the the, the falcons are just like you know what this guy's just too good to just bottle him that let's just put him outside let's wherever they I mean, he could just do anything um but like when you think about it right like the, the Bengals already had this incredibly talented offensive group around Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Mixon, um, you know, is an oft-injured player, but we know he's a very good offensive talent when he's healthy. Yep. They drafted uh, T. Higgins last year, and we saw what T. Higgins could be. They have Tyler Boyd, who has over 100 targets in three straight years. And then you look at the Falcons, and it's like, okay, we just lost Julio Jones— 
Russell Gage is checking into the season as our second receiver. And then there's Calvin Ridley. Like there was, should have always been success for Pitts off the start. Whereas like Chase, you know, we could have seen the bumps because the ball was being distributed from Joe Burrow to everyone. That's just not the case. Jamar Chase is the alpha immediately from day one. He was clearly the alpha outside of like all the. the Oh, when he was drafted, he said he was going to break every Bengals record that there was. Right. And he's just proving that. So like as much as great as Kyle Pitts is and is going to be like, we're looking at someone in Jamar Chase that like, again, could potentially go down as like an all time great. Just, and, and Pitts very well could too. But like, I mean, dude, seven games, hunt 750. I think if you're yards. thinking long-term, especially because like, you know, it's Chase and Burrow, both very young. Whereas right. with Atlanta, it's Pitts and Matt Ryan. Matt right. Ryan is, is, What's, is, who's next? is not a spring chicken. Right. Who's next for, who's the next quarterback to be throwing Kyle Pitts the, the football? Exactly. All right, let's transition. I can't believe we're giving the New York Jets time on this podcast, but I was do a little. Do we have to? Do we have you to? Skip it? All right, Jack. <laughs> no, no, no. Two weeks. So, are all Jets benchable going forward? Real quick, yes. Uh, yes, I will say like they traded for the uh, all-time great Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Flacco today. Um, we are recording this Monday uh, during the Monday Night Football game, so yes, today. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean. I will say this. I really liked the and, – and Ty Johnson is had a concussion this week. Or he had a good game, but then – Michael concussed. Carter? Yeah, well, yeah. And in direct correlation, Michael Carter had eight targets. He touched the ball 19 times – or nine targets, eight receptions. 19 touches. There was a guy we were drafting like round six, round seven. Um, if that's the type of deployment and usage even in a game that's a – where the opponent scores 50 points – um, I think Michael Carter's interesting rest of the season. All right. Believe it or not, take the wheel. Okay, Dan. Question number one. We're going to head out to Arizona. And it's typically when you talk about Arizona, who do we talk about? Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, all the pass catchers. But I want to focus on the backfield here because the backfield has been quite interesting over the last, uh, let's just say the season, Right. Um, Chase Edmonds continues to dominate snaps, dominate snaps every week. It's been Chase Edmonds, but James Connor in the last couple of weeks has been the productive one. Uh, let's see James Connor in the last four in the last five games has five touchdowns, uh, over that span. Uh, do you know how many touchdowns Chase Edmonds has Dan? Oh God. Uh, I don't own either. He has so I don't... the same t- amount of touchdowns as you and I have. Okay. Copy. (laughs) Still, Chase Edmonds currently in PPR is running back 19. James Conner is running back 21. So both – and and Edmonds in large part, his reasoning is he has been tremendous in the passing game. He's Mm -hmm. a lot of work in the passing game. My question to you is because of Conner's recent surge, do you believe – that Chase Edmonds will finish ahead of James Conner in the rankings at the end of the year? In PPR, yes. In standard, no. And I know that's probably the most... You're talking about six people. You're talking to about six dinosaurs that still play in standard leagues. (laughs) (laughs) True. All right. So I guess I'm speaking most... In PPR formats, yes, I believe he will. Because I don't think usage or involvement will change for either... Because the team is seven and zero, 
and the offense is rolling. They're putting up points. Like, really, I, I've i started to um, jump on the James Conner bandwagon a little bit more over the past few weeks. Uh, initially, I didn't want to believe it because I, I did like the usage for Chase Edmonds. I still do. Like, he's they're, they're both RB2s clearly in this format. But the problem is, is like as long as the team keeps winning and there's no need to really change up, you know, their usage, their involvement, the snap share, you know, there's no reason to bring James Conner into in to catch more passes. Um, you know, it nothing's going to change. They're seven and zero, and unless the wheels fall off, I don't see any drastic changes. They can both finish, and, and I, they probably will finish as top twenty running backs. But I would still prefer Chase Edmonds uh, over James Conner because I think that they will. Uh, have to get into those shootouts eventually in the NFC West. And I think that in circumstances like that, you probably get more out of Chase Edmonds. Correct. I agree. And to your point, James James Conner, five receptions this year. Yeah. A, a capable pass catcher. He did it in Pittsburgh a few times. Um, had, 50, had a 55 reception season, but only five receptions. Um, I would actually probably lean Conner right now. Um, even though Edmonds is getting the deployment, I mean – Edmonds had a 69% snap share this week. Didn't matter. James Conner ripped off the touchdown run. <laughs> and uh, if that's what's going to happen, if we're going to get Conner scoring all these touchdowns, give me James Conner. Um, I think that's where you and I might disagree on like a, a philosophical standpoint because I, I side with the fact that, you know, I can I have an easier time projecting or predicting a player's workload and their involvement or the snap share, but I can't like, – I just can't predict – touchdowns like it's not easy and so like for that is why i also and i understand when they get to the goal line and everything connor's the the player that they're more than likely right. to go to in those situations but if if you're to tell me that edmonds is getting 69 percent of the snaps and connor's getting around 30 percent, i'm still gonna lean edmonds and ppr i mean generally like generally that's how i would too in, in almost every situation but like the cardinals are so good and they've been so good right. and like they're blowing teams out and that's giving James Conner that like extra run in the fourth quarter. Like I feel like every fourth quarter, I'm just watching James Conner just churn out like 12 carries, like literally in every fourth quarter, it's just like all James Conner and he's getting into the end zone. And I just want to bring up one more point um, in the red zone this year, James Conner has 18 carries and six touchdowns. Chase Edmonds in the red zone has nine carries. So James Conner's doubled his red zone work um, inside the 10, six carries for Edmonds, 11 for Conner. So yeah. uh, closer than I think I would ex- one would expect. But um, nevertheless, we're, we differ there. I do agree generally. I would generally side with the analytics and, and the snap share. But in this situation, slightly different. Uh, my final, do you believe, Dan? And it's something that you and I – talked about a little bit before we hopped on air. Um, And that's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz in two of the last three weeks has finished a QB one. Carson Wentz coming into Monday Night Football, I don't think Geno Smith is going to pass him, but is QB 16 on the year. Do you believe that Carson Wentz can finish a QB one by year's end? His best three games, mind you, have been the three weeks that he has had full practice. He's had full practice for the last three weeks. No coincidence. He has been a Q. He was QB. Let's pull it up. QB seven, QB 16, QB 10. Yeah, he can do it. Um, there is a stretch of games. Actually, I mean, this week they get the Titans. Then the following week they get the Jets. After that, they get the Jaguars. 
And then from there, it's a tough two-game stretch against the Bills and Bucks. But following that, they get the Texans, the Patriots, who's – I love the Patriots, but their defense has looked yep. beatable at times. And then they get the Cardinals, good defense, and then they finish off against the Raiders and Jaguars. So there are there are a, a few matchups in there, and even the Bucks, it's like that secondary is beat up. Right. And so – and the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yeah, they just need to keep them up right. Right? Quentin, Nelson, keep up right. Quentin Nelson's going to go down as probably the best offensive lineman in the history of the game. So I think that he can finish as a QB1. Um, you mentioned it. The weeks and he can get a full practice, he's QB1. Uh, I included him in the waiver wire article this week as a, as a player to possibly stream or just to pick up to um, roll with the rest of the season. He gets the Titans. I know Patrick Mahomes looked awful against the Titans, but that's because the Chiefs offensive line, while we all thought it was going to be great to begin the season, it hasn't lived up to expectations. The Colts offensive line actually can protect their quarterback. And I think Carson Wentz could pick apart the secondary. Could be another big week for Michael Pittman if he gets T.Y. Hilton back. And I can't believe he had immediate chemistry with T.Y. Hilton a week ago. Right. You know, Only four targets for Hilton, but he caught all four of them. He turned them into 80 yards. So, I mean, in the next two weeks, he's a QB1 rest of season. I think he probably finishes as a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, I would even say three weeks, right? Titans, Jets, Jaguars, probably QB1 in the next three. Yeah, I was modest in my waiver wire article. That is, as of right now, it's Monday night. It hasn't been published yet. I said he could finish as a top 12 quarterback. But in my heart, like, I'm secretly thinking, you know, Carson Wentz could very well finish as a top eight quarterback the next three weeks. I mean, you could literally make a case that, like, if you're doing, I was going to say, if you're like your postseason is what, weeks 15, 16, or 14, 15, 16, Texans, Patriots, you just need another quarterback for the Cardinals in week 16 who might be like benching their guys because they already have the NFC locked up. Yeah. I mean, we could be looking at a pretty strong finish for Carson Wentz. So I agree there. I, but. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The only issue is like they do have a pretty late bye week. Mm. Um, and so that just raises questions because we were talking about it before the podcast, like there, there, there's a two week stretch where, you know, to, to end the regular season or even start the playoffs, you're without, uh, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Colts, McCaffrey uh, and the, and the, the, the Panthers are on by Panthers, the Packers yep. are on by the Browns are on by. So there are some teams late in the season, um, that have late by weeks. I think that's a topic that we could probably save for next week, but Grande, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you in week eight and best of luck to the FA Nation.